This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, live in studio for the next couple hours. Nice to be back in the home studios again. Demon Cotton, your boy, Q. We're going to hold it down till 4 o'clock. Then we'll pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor, who's going to hold it down for In the Huddle 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, yesterday was out of the home studio. Tomorrow's going to be out of the home studio. Tomorrow will be live at Allegiant Stadium for the Shrine Bowl. That kicks off at 5 p.m. We gave out a bunch of tickets to that. I was actually at the media day earlier today. Got to see a lot of different players that aspire to be on the next level. Uh, saw a lot of the people that are actually affected and and helped out in a major way by the Shrines Hospital, which is what the Shrine Bowl is all about, just kind of giving back to uh, the kids and everything. And uh, it was really touching, man. It really is. Every time that you go out there and you see these these uh, you know young men and women that are out there, and one of the mottos of the Shrine Bowl is the strong run so the weak can walk. And I thought that that was really cool, and they gave that presentation before everything really got started. But uh, I've been at these Shrine events uh, one time with the NFL draft and then also uh, with the Shrine Bowl a couple times. Been able to be out at these events, and it's always cool to see the patients interacting with the players and the players interacting with the patients. And the thing about that is a lot of the players, they might not get an opportunity to interact with patients later on. A lot of these guys might all of a sudden get busy and, I don't know, be in the NFL, and all of a sudden they have a real job that they got to work in. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity right now for these guys to be able to interact. And so being out there for the last few hours uh, earlier this morning, starting around 9 o'clock, was really cool. And, of course, Allegiant Stadium was a great location to have it at, especially since it was indoors. I'll tell you, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of stadiums. I, I like football stadiums outside. I just That's kind of my, my bag. But I'll tell you what, days like today here in Las Vegas where the wind is just incredible – it was great to be indoors. <laughs> it really was. I mean, man, uh, there's Pro Bowl events going on across the city right now, and they actually had to push the skills challenge back because it was too windy outside. So, I mean, the the, the weather is becoming a factor in Las Vegas. Now, I say that, and there's people at the Shrine Bowl that are like, hey, man, we're from Chicago. This is great. You know, we, we're avoiding a blizzard right now. So, you know, that's, that's you know, I'm, I'm – I'm being selfish and saying that the the wind is a factor. It's not that bad, but man, it, it was just funny to go out there and just literally walk out of Allegiant Stadium and have the wind just about knock you over. Like I was walking with Adam Hill, and I told him, I said, "Man, I'm gonna need to put some ankle weights on my damn uh, on my legs. I'm, I'm gonna need some of those things that you be working out with, Demond. Some of them ankle weights to keep you held down." <laughs> no, it, it is too windy today. Today is one of those days where it's just like, oh man, it's Vegas. It's better than like New York this right, time. Right, right, right. Nah, but for us. We ain't used to yeah, it. We ain't exactly. cut like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not we're not made for all this. But no, it's 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 I mean, man, to to look at the weekend that's coming up here, uh kicking off on Thursday with the Shrine Bowl, and then of course you have the NHL All-Star event that's going on all weekend long. You have the Pro Bowl going on, and then oh by the way, uh you take off and you leave for LA to go to the Super Bowl for Radio Row. You know, and uh, I will be back. I'm not going to stay for the game, but uh, we'll definitely be back in town by the uh, by next weekend. But man, I just I cannot wait. We got a, a lot that we're lining up for you for Super Bowl week that you can hear right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. How about this? I just I just booked Pac Man Jones for the show on uh, Thursday at at uh, three o'clock. Pac Man freaking Jones. Now I will say this, Demon. I'm gonna need you to make sure that you have your finger near the dump button. 
Because you never know with Pac-Man Jones. I've never interviewed Pac-Man Jones before. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. I've never interviewed him before, though. And I don't know his antics because some people, they'll go on Radio Row and they know that they're on the radio and they just don't care. So I don't know if Pac-Man Jones is going to be that type of guy, but I was always a fan of his when he, he was coming out of school and when he first came into the league. And, of course, he got a little squirrely and got a little crazy at times. But it's still Pac-Man Jones, so that's going to be a fun interview. So that's, that's already kind of getting lined up. We're doing a lot of uh, uh, back, back, uh, back channel work right now, uh, preparing for it. But, man, it should be a lot, a lot of fun this week. I'm already thinking the first thing you said, Pac-Man Jones. DBs win games. Yes, okay, that's what you first thought. <laughs> but I thought about when he had that little pit stint when he was out of the NFL, he went to a promotion called TNA Wrestling, and he was going to do some wrestling, but then it was just like, I really can't do this to my body. So they just had him talk. Really? And I would love to. So what, so what was really the plan there? Okay, well, that's going to be, you know what? That's I want you to bring that up. I want you to bring that part His of the conversation It was our truth and it was just like, so what was the plan there? TNA, does that stand for what I think it stands for? Total nonstop action, if that's what you're thinking. Okay, no, it wasn't. (laughs) That definitely was not what I was thinking. (laughs) But since it's a family show, I thought I'd ask instead of just throw it out there. Total nonstop action. There it is. You know, it's so funny that wrestling, I can't get away from wrestling. I had my co-host in in Central Texas was a big wrestling fan. And anytime we talk wrestling, like this dude would dive deep into it. When we were at the Super Bowl in Atlanta, there was actually a bunch of wrestling events that we went to after. We went to these things after the whole day of Radio Row. He's like, man, Q, can you go to this wrestling? And he knew I wasn't a wrestling fan, but he didn't want to go by himself. So he literally asked me, and I was like, all right, let's go. We even went to a, an event in a bar where it was like just, it was a... Bar wrestling? What are yes, we talking about? Yeah, it was like, yeah, literally. And, I mean, they were wrestling in the bar, and there was no rink. There was no anything. It was yeah, just, just in the bar. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, I, those good times. Uh, it was okay. It was it was times. I'll, I'll say that. I don't know how good they were, but there were times. I felt like I was a little dirty. I felt like I was in some, you oh, know, yeah. hole-in-the-wall bar, yep. and everyone's just kind of slapping each other around and throwing each other, and I had to stand up on a stool because bodies are flying everywhere, so I had to stand up on a stool so I didn't get hit, and I'm like, wait a minute, man, this is like a cesspool of whatever's going on in here. I got paid forty. I got paid $40 security to be at a bar, security at a bar, res, not bar rescue, at bar wrestling one time. $40? Yeah, $40 to be like the get An back hour guy. or $40 period? For the day. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> how long were you there? Uh, I don't know. Not that long. However long the show is. Well, how long was I'm trying to do the math. You said you got paid 40 bucks to be security at a bar. Fight. All right. So what's, what if it was like three hours? Like, you know, you got like okay, five Okay, so matches? you got paid a little bit more than 10 bucks an hour? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's all I right. I mean, Slice Boogie came out there with a the bottle <laughs> of Henny and everything. So like, so he wins the match and he's like, yo, get my bottle. Get my bottle. You know, I have to, I have to get Slice Boogie's Henny. I can never get away <laughs> from wrestling. I can never get away from wrestling. I'm not mad at it. I really am not. It's not my bag, but it's okay. I'm okay that it's your bag. I'm fine with that. So <laughs> anyway, that's just some of the funny stories that have to do with, uh, you know, with the Super Bowl. And, and you never know. Some of the characters, I promise you, the week that we're in L.A., there's going to be some wrestling characters. Uh, what's his name? Who had the daughter? Rick Fla- was it Ric Flair's daughter? No, it was not Ric Flair's daughter. Um, he man. also has a daughter, but she's, like a, she's a wrestler now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, okay, that's who I met then. I, I interviewed her. Tall blonde? Yeah, what's her name? Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. That's who it was. See? That's how much I know. I don't know. I just knew that it was a tall blonde, and everyone was like, oh, my God, that's so-and-so. And I was like, what's the big deal? Like we were, I, th- I don't remember where we were, but I, I was like, there's a tall blondes everywhere. What are you talking about? <laughs> They're like, no, that's Charlotte. That's all I remember is Charlotte. Yeah, so that's Ric Flair's daughter? Yep. Okay, well, there you go. I'm telling you, man, there's wrestlers, there's UFC guys. Actually, my buddy Craig, who was my co-host, he actually interviewed Conor McGregor before Conor McGregor was big. And the problem, 
and I have pictures to prove it. I actually I held on to the picture <laughs> because on Radio Row, when you go there, you always mess up one time, and especially when it's the first time. And this was my not wasn't my first time being there, but every time you go there, my first experience, my bad experience, I interviewed Christian Okoye, and I recorded it, but I didn't record it. So I did a 10-minute interview with Christian Okoye that never recorded. That was my bad. Well, on this one, he was interviewing Conor McGregor, and this was before Conor was huge. There were some people standing around watching him because they knew who he was from just the, the fight scene, but he wasn't huge at that point. He was literally sitting at our table for like 30 minutes, and the whole interview is recording, recording, recording. We're seeing the little waves on the computer screen, so we're like, okay, cool. We went back and listened to it, and it was all it sounded like it was waterlogged. Oh, no. Yes, it was awful. So we couldn't air it. It was unairable. You had no idea what it sounded like. And it was like 30 good minutes with Conor McGregor before before he was even tatted up. You know what I mean? He was still just somewhat calm, Conor McGregor. He wasn't the notorious one. He wasn't, you know, trying to talk bad about Floyd Mayweather. He Let wasn't me hear that, that Irish guy. accent one more time. Give me, give me a little the bit. The notorious one. <laughs> That's 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 what I can't do anymore. I can't do anymore. Anyway, that but that's what that that was. That's one of the guys that was there. UFC guys are always on uh, on on Radio Row. So I mean, what we're gonna bring to this radio station next week is going to be incredible. And I'll tell you right now, by Friday night, they're having their media party Friday night at eight, which is ridiculous. I won't be going to that. Normally, it's on Tuesday. Which is awesome. You go to it on Tuesday, and then everyone on Wednesday is a little slow because people are either hungover or tired or all of the above. Some people wearing the same clothes they did from the night before because they didn't go home or go to the hotel. That's probably why they're not doing it on Tuesday. Yeah, all the reasons you just gave sounds like a good reason for why it should be at the end of the week. Right, but the, the point is a lot of people leave town on Friday. Everyone doesn't go to the game. Like, I'm not going to the game. So our last show, Vinny Monsignor gets off the air at 6. Am I going to hang around L.A.? Till eight to go to a party, have fun at the party, do whatever I do, and then try to hightail it back to Vegas? No. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's that impossible of a task. It is. Are you paying for the room? No. Okay. If I go to a party at eight, I'm not going to be driving home from that party. Don't you have a car that you could then sleep in? Sleep it off. Wake up about four, five in the I'm morning. Not sleeping in my car. Oh, holier than that. No, Q but, Q ain't roughing it no more. Huh? No, there's no, no. Q ain't trying to go to jail. <laughs> you think I need to be sitting in the car and all of a sudden here? The backseat thing. I understand. I'm not taking no chance. Look, man, have you not learned nothing from what we've been seeing? Don't set yourself up for failure. Now, worst case scenario, yeah, gong in the backseat and all that. No, but I'm not doing all that. Six o'clock comes. I'm packing up the stuff putting it in the back of the truck, getting on the highway, and heading back to Vegas, and hopefully I'll be here by about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at the latest. That's the goal. And watch the Super Bowl from the house for the comforts of the crib. That's the plan. DeMond's trying to get me to go to a party. And the party's at, out, like at, uh, I don't know, Ma- Magic Mountain or one of those uh, amusement parks. Oh! So he's trying to get me to go there, go and party, and then just sit in the parking lot and sleep. I'm good, man. Just a quick, just a quick, no, you know, boom, wake back up no, right there. No, Mama Q would not approve of that. She listens to the show. <laughs> <laughs> right now, she's like, that's right, boy. Put some sense into that, young man. Mama Q would not approve of what you're saying. Coming up on the show today, we got a couple good guests that I'm really excited about. Matter of fact, you're going to hear one in a couple minutes. Uh, out at the Shrine Bowl today, I had an opportunity to talk to a lot of people. I talked to uh, Baylor running back Treston Ebner, Baylor wide receiver Tyquan Thornton. I 
Alex C. and Mark May. Mark May used to be a former NFL player. Uh, Alex C. is actually a Shriner spokesperson, and, and you'll recognize him if you if you actually when you hear his voice because he's he he's been with Shriners for a long time. He kind of goes on the tour with them. He's a really good he's really good at broadcasting. Like that's one of his goals. Anyway, he was there talking with Mark May, uh, Jack Cohn, Notre Dame quarterback. He's also the Pat Tillman Award recipient. He was there. I talked to him, and then Connor and Seth, who are uh, Shriner spokespersons as well. Oh, and Jennifer King, Washington football team running back coach. She's a uh, she's coaching up the running backs here at the Shriner Bowl. She's assistant running back coach with the Washington football team who are now the Commanders. Whatever. Uh, I, like the, I like the Washington football team name, but Boo. that's just mine. Because Commanders, wow. So coming up in a couple minutes uh, for the opening drive, you're actually going to hear from uh, Baylor running back Treston Ebner. Then at 2.30, we got Jesse Merrick, News 3 Las Vegas. He's going to join us to talk about what he saw at the Shriner Bowl media day today and also talk about the Raiders, talk about uh, Ziegler, Dave Ziegler, the GM, and then Josh McDaniels as he was there at the press conferences, you know, kind of expectations moving forward. So you'll uh, you'll hear from Jesse Merrick coming up at 2.30. 3 o'clock, as I mentioned, Alex C. and Mark Merrick. Uh, you'll hear the conversation I had with them at Allegiant Stadium earlier. And then uh, Paloma Villacana at 3.30. She'll join us to talk about UNLV. Today's a big day in sports, ladies and gentlemen. Very big day in sports. It's National Signing Day number two. National Signing Day number two. Everyone gets an opportunity who hasn't already done so to sign their national letter of intent and decide where they're going to go play. So UNLV has a nice little class. They had 10 for their uh, early signing period, and they had seven for the second signing period, which was today. So she'll break that down. She'll also talk about UNLV, the running Rebels, on the hoop court. Two-game win streak. Ever since you said you guarantee victory, what have they been doing? Winning. All they do is win, 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 win. win. No matter what. <laughs> you got money on my mind. I can, yeah, you, you right. I, I shouldn't even hype you, you up right. like that. I shouldn't even give you that you, kind of props. because y'all, I don't know if y'all don't follow me on Twitter, at DeMond <laughs> underscore the boss, but I was, like, tweeting about the last win. Yo, yo, Colorado State. Number upset. 22. Number 22. Uh, Alert, yo. And then Q was just like, but what do they do after they win? Right. Dot, dot, dot. Because every time so far this season in conference play, every time they win, they follow up with a loss. Now they're on a two-game winning streak after they beat UNR, their their rival. The game that you said, if they only win one, that's the one you want them to win. Putting teams on upset alert. Okay. Winning the big rivalry Hey, you know what? Two wins in a row is is a start to something. Darren Waller was out there. He even had to play some good ball. You're right. You're right. Hey, man, I'm not mad. I'm 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 saluting UNLV for doing what they're doing. So don't hop uh, on the bandwagon now. I I, I got a couple <laughs> UNLV hats at the house. Man, I'm I one of the few hats. that supports UNLV. We talk about them every week on the show. Do we not? Yeah, but it's the difference between talking about it and being. I about pay attention it. to the games. I pay attention to them. I was watching them last night. I watched Little Q's game, and then I, as soon as I did that, I did some work, and then boom, they came on. I watched the whole game. I watched the games. I, I can't be out there. Every, I can't be everywhere. It's only one of me. I can't be everywhere. I try. Believe me, I got a credential over at UNLV waiting for me with my name on it. I just haven't picked it up. Season's damn near over. I haven't been there. I can't, can't do it. Don't be like uh, Ricky Bobby's dad. <laughs> <laughs> that boy has been, been a pair of tickets waiting for you. Yes, yes, yes. That is me. I can't be everywhere, but I'm trying. I'm doing everything I can. So Paloma's going to join us. She's got a lot to talk about UNLV related at 3.30. Then at 3.45, you'll hear my conversation I had with Jack Cohn, Notre Dame quarterback, and again, the Pat Tillman Award recipient, voted on by the coaches that are coaching the East and the West for uh, for the Shrine Bowl coming up tomorrow where I will be out doing the show Unnecessary Roughness live from. But let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. 
the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Before I get into this interview with Tristan Ebner, Baylor running back, who is uh, participating in the East-West Shrine Bowl, I did want to throw out the show topic for today. So now that the new regime is in place, you know Dave Ziegler is the GM. You know that Josh McDaniels is the running back coach. Oh, by the way, Edgar Bennett is returning as the wide receiver coach. That was announced earlier today. That's a big deal. A lot of times I don't think that, and most of the time you don't see regimes when they turn over, you don't see coaches return. But that's a really good sign that Josh McDaniels valued Edgar Bennett, who's done some really good things with Hunter Renfro, did some really good things with Henry Ruggs development before he was no longer around, Brian Edwards. I mean, you can see these guys develop. Now, Edwards still has some room to grow, but there's there's some things that Edgar Bennett is doing that's doing, he's doing it really well. So that is, is a big deal. He interviewed with the Bills for their offensive coordinator position, but ultimately he ended up returning to the silver and black. He gets a contract extension, so he'll be the wide receiver coach. That's a big deal. So now that you know the new regime is in place, what are you most excited about? And I don't want you to answer all three of these questions. I just want you to answer one. You pick which one you answer. What are you most excited about with the new regime? Or what are you most concerned about? And then if you don't want to answer either one of those, it could be, what do you just want to see? Ultimately, when it boils down to it, what do you want to see from the new regime? So they all kind of tie in together. What are you most excited about? What are you most concerned about? Or C, what do you just want to see in general from the new regime? So go ahead and think about that. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Think about those questions. Answer them. And I got a couple minutes real quick that I wanted to get to with Baylor running back Tristan Ebner. I've been covering him for a long time while I was in Central Texas. Matter of fact, we got our haircut at the same place. Look at me now, barbershop. And uh, you'll hear that conversation right now. Here at Allegiant Stadium right now with Baylor running back Tristan Ebner and uh, taking part in the Shrine Bowl Media Day. And you were just in this wheelchair challenge. Kind of got banged up, man. Your uh, thumb got a little banged up. How fun is this? Hey, this is fun, man. Anytime you can give back to the kids and just uh, let them enjoy these moments. You know, they love me. People like us, you know, that's the reason why we do it. So we can just give back to the kids and put smiles on their faces. How has this week gone for you? I mean, you're, you got dreams of being in the, NBA, uh, in the NFL, and uh, obviously for what you were able to do at Baylor, you put a, a hell of a tape on. But how has it been this week just working with scouts and, and coaches and all that? It's been good, you know, because uh, it gives you a, a chance to look at it from their viewpoint. And, you know, even the coaches can coach you up and teach you things, you know, that you need to get better at and how they do it in the NFL. You know, some things could be different in your college system, but they want you to do it a different way when you play for their team in the NFL. So it's just been eye-opening. I'm just grateful for this experience. You know, I got to ask you about your time at Baylor. You told me at the Sugar Bowl a couple seasons ago when Matt Rule was still the coach, you said, hey, we lost, but we're going to be back. I promise you we're going to be back. Well, it wasn't the very next year, but it was the year after that, and Big 12 champions. What did that mean to you? It meant a lot to me uh, because, you know, a lot of those guys could have left after the uh, COVID season and uh, just took our chance in the NFL. But we knew we had much more to prove and, you know, it was much more for us to do. And so for us to go out and do that, it really means the world to me. You know, that made my uh, career, you know, they just finished with the cherry on the top. It was a blessing. It really was, man. It was fun to watch from a distance. Uh, I mentioned before we even started this, you know, we both used to get our hair cut at the same spot. Look at me now in Waco. Now we're both here in Las Vegas. How, is, how fun has this been just being here in Vegas? Hey, shout out that boy Luncha, man. <laughs> hey, uh, it, it's fun in Vegas. You know, I've never really been out of, uh, out of Texas that much. You yeah. know? And so it's just nice being somewhere new and uh, just experience, you know, all the uh, different things and uh, you can do in, in the world. You know what I mean? Right, right, It's right. like different from where I grew up in East Texas. So it's just nice to get this experience. Well, I'm going to let you go, but I, I did want to ask you, is there any any teams that you got your eye on or are you just ready to play ball on Sundays? Hey, I just want to play. If you believe in me, I give you my all, man. 
I, I've seen him play it. I've seen him do it. Punt return, kick return, running back, catching the ball at the backfield. You can do it all, man. What is it like to be so versatile? It's a blessing, honestly, because uh, uh, I'm not one to miss them. So even if I'm lacking in the game at one aspect, I can pick up on it, uh, pick up for it on, uh, on the different uh, side of the ball. No doubt about it. Well, go get uh, cleaned up, man. I appreciate your time. All right, yes, sir. Thank you. There he goes. That's Baylor running back Treston Ebner. Good dude right there. And that's that's no BS. Uh, he, they had just Baylor had just lost to Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. We were in New Orleans. Uh, by the way, I owned New Orleans. I owned Bourbon Street that week. I killed Bourbon Street that week. That was Matt Rule's last game with Baylor. After that, he ended up going and getting the job, obviously, with the Carolina Panthers. But I, uh, I remember talking to Treston right after the game, and he said, we lost today, but we'll be back. We'll be back, no doubt about it. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to make sure we win the Big 12. And they didn't do it the next year, but they did it this year. So that just kind of tells you the person he is. And a lot of people were hitting me up while they knew I was at the Shrine Bowl, and they said, Q, is there anybody that the Raiders could use? That's a dude the Raiders could use. That's a guy who could punt return. He can kick return. He's a running back. Catches the ball really well in the backfield. If you want to go and look up someone real quick, do a little Google search. Look at Treston Ebner Baylor and just look at some highlights. I promise you. That's a hell of a running back right there that the silver and black, they would, they would do good if they had him on the roster. Now, uh, before we get to Jesse Merrick from News 3 Las Vegas, who's going to join us at 2.30, let's go ahead and hit the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Mike. What's on your mind, Raider Mike? What's up, Chief? How chillin', you doing, man? Chilling, man, chilling. Anyway, I, I have to comment on the Flores thing swirling around. Okay. Um, I mean, didn't it look fishy to you? When they rode him out of Miami? Yes. After what he almost rode them into the playoffs. And if we hadn't didn't have the OT victory over them, it might have happened. And yet you ride him out on a rail? So all these allegations seem to be true. <laughs> and he's making these these circuit ESPN runs, whatever show he can get on. He doesn't get the word out. You know, and these these NFL owners are just these billionaire boys clubs are just too much power. Look what happened to Chucky with Snyder. I mean, you can't tell me it's the same kind of situation. So the Raiders being who we are, the ultimate come Amy Trask, Tom Flores, Art Shell, we don't care what color you are. Do you come in and win? And what is our main goal? But just win, baby. To avenge the F rule, promote diversity. How about, I love Gus, if they don't retain him, pull Flores in. You've been talking about it. We've we both been mm-hmm. talking about it for a couple of days. Would that be the ultimate middle finger to Goodell? in this billionaire boys club. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for the call, man. And, yeah, I, I agree. That's the stuff that I said on the show yesterday. I would have no problem with that. I mentioned it on the podcast today. It'd be great. Now, I don't know how it'd work. I don't know if it would work. Uh, matter of fact, Daniel Lust, uh, sports law attorney, he's actually going to join the show tomorrow. He's, he was supposed to join the show today, but he was so booked up. He was like, hey, I don't want to squeeze you guys. I want to have enough time. Uh, he said that he's going to join the show tomorrow at 2.30 to talk about it, and he gave me a little nugget that I could uh, go ahead and dangle out there. He said John Gruden is a major player in this lawsuit. He said John Gruden is a major factor. I'll explain it tomorrow on the show, but John Gruden plays a major role in this lawsuit. Dun, dun, dun. Now that's a tease 
for that ass. <laughs> That's a tease for that ass. So, yeah, 2.30 tomorrow, Daniel Lust will join the show, and he'll explain what he means by that and just break down the whole thing. But, yeah, I'm with you, Raider Mike. I'd love to see Flores as the defensive coordinator just for that reason alone. And I think it would be great if uh, Mark Davis went ahead and did it, but I know he's going to leave it up to Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler to make their decisions. So uh, that's uh, that's uh, that, that's what I – that's just my feeling, but I get it. I don't think that it's possible, and I know a lot of people have, have concerns like, no, you can't do that. The Raiders get enough flags as it, as it is. You bring in Flores, they're going to get nothing but penalized. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I, I kind of like it just because it gives that that renegade feel to it. Let's get one more call in. Go out to uh, Raider Nation listener line. Talk to our guy, Lunar. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, uh, I'm excited about all those Tampa Bay Bucks that are coming to town. There's like nine <laughs> How sweet is that going to be? Right, right. Gotcha. And uh, the uh, Tampa Bay quarterback connects. I don't care if it's Brady here or Mac Jones, but ball security in the pocket, guys. That's why Belichick got rid of Bledsoe. Carr can't stay in the pocket. He's got to be outside the pocket. Okay. What, what's your thoughts? No, cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, ball security is something that we talked about a lot, man. He's got to be able to hold on to the rock when he's in the pocket. And, you know, Unfortunately, like I say all the time, you know, Tigers don't change their stripes. I mean, there's certain things about Derek Carr that you know about Derek Carr. And one thing is that when guys start swiping at the ball in the pocket, they they hit it and and he fumbles a lot. And that is a problem. Uh, Also, another thing you know about Derek Carr is he's a guy that's not going to leave the pocket a whole lot. When he does, and he can, he has the ability to do it. He just doesn't do it enough. Something that Gruden was pushing him to do. Started to see him do a little bit more of it, um, especially towards you know the last season and, and the end of this season. You start seeing him do a lot more of it. If he can continue to just kind of push himself and keep in his mind to keep plays alive with his legs. I mean, think about what Joe Burrow did at the end of that game against Kansas City. A couple times, he third and long. Third and seven, picked up eight. Yeah, third and seven. The third man. and nine, oh, picked man. up ten. And, and didn't just go down with the arm swing. Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's things that, that he definitely needs to work on, and I'm sure that that's something that Josh McDaniels is going to definitely uh, talk about a lot when it comes to Derek Carr, but uh, there's a lot of things that he does really well as well. So, uh, Raider Mike and Lunar, thank you so much for the calls. We got a lot of text on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Question that I'll throw out to you before we take a quick break. What about the new regime are you most excited about, and what are you most concerned about? And then all in all, what do you want to see from them? What do you need to see from them to know that, okay, they're headed in the right direction? 226 at the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Jesse Merrick from News 3 LV. He was at the Raiders press conference. He was also at Allegiant Stadium earlier today. We'll talk to him about both. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. I get up out of bed fired up. Sometimes the wife's like, hey, man, calm it on down. You ain't on air. <laughs> <laughs> It ain't always got to be shot. I just thought about you just waking up. Boom! (laughs) (laughs) Scared the hell out of everybody. That's how you get out of bed. (laughs) Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Always get out of bed with a little bit of something, something behind it, man. A little bit of energy behind it. That's how we do. 2.30 is the time on Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920 got off to a fast and furious start. You already heard from Baylor running back Treston Ebner, who was at Allegiant Stadium earlier today. He's participating in the Shrine Bowl 
going on tomorrow. Kickoff is at 5 o'clock. Of course, Raider Nation Radio will be in the building. Matter of fact, speaking of in the building, my guy Jesse Merrick from News 3LV, he was in the building earlier today. I got a couple of minutes to talk with Jesse. And, Jesse, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you, man. How much fun was it to be out at Allegiant Stadium and see all those guys who are uh, hopeful to be on the next level playing on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays, seeing them out there and then seeing them interact with the patients that are actually uh, there at you know Shriners Hospital? Hey Q, yeah, you said it. Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays—they're going to add extra days in the week. But now it was—it was cool, man, to uh, to be able to see that. You know, the interaction with the kids and everything—it's it, clear that these guys, like obviously they're chasing their dreams. You know, they're coming up on the biggest moments of their lives, but they still realize the importance of this and interacting with those kids and what this game means for them. And and they're fighting whatever it is that they're going through. You know, and so. I really love seeing that, and obviously you get to see their personalities come out, the different games they were doing. They were doing the wheelchair races, right. little dance contests for the touchdown stuff. I mean, it was great. Like You just can't beat that type of interaction because those kids, they may not know who each of those guys are, but they look up to them because they're football players. Like They're gods in their eye, you know? And so it's cool to see them you know, go through that, interact with these kids, and really realize, you know, how big of a moment that is. Yeah, no, you're right. You hit it right on the head. And, you know, I thought it was really cool when they, when before they really started, they had the little presentation at the beginning. They gave out that Pat Tillman Award. Uh, that was really cool. Uh, but they also mentioned that, you know, the strong guys run so the weak guys can walk. I thought that that really, yeah. it really hit home when he said that, man. That was powerful. What'd you think about that? Dude, that one hit home. I was, you know, taking notes as they were talking, and when he said that, I kind of got chills. You know, even when you said it just now, I got chills hearing it because it did. It, it really kind of hit home with me because it was just like, that's it's true. That, that, again, shows the impact of what this game is. And these guys are at the top of their game, can do almost anything athletically, you know, and they're trying to do whatever they can to help these kids who are, some of them, struggling to walk or just different things like that. And the other thing that kind of stuck out to me, too, with it, with the drills and stuff they were doing today in, in little competitions was that they were educating these guys on some of the struggles that these kids go through. And that was kind mm-hmm. of what it got back to me a little bit more with, like you said, that, you know, strong legs run so weak legs can walk. And that was the thing is, I think, the education overall of realizing you know, the fight that these kids go through and kind of the attitude that they have to have that's similar to a football player on game day, you know? Right, exactly. And Shriners Hospital, they do it right, man. They do it uh, and take care of the kids and uh, make it very easy for the parents or make it as easy as possible for the parents where uh, finances are not an issue because of events like these. So uh, that's why we really like to support these events that come to our city whenever they do. And, Jesse, I mean, speaking of coming to our city, what's not here in Las Vegas, man? I mean, you got the Pro Bowl, you got the NHL All-Star, <laughs> Shrine Bowl's here. Obviously, you got uh, the the draft is coming up in april man how cool is it to be just in las vegas right now with everything continuing to come out here dude it is wild every time i talk to anybody about like just work and everything they're like how's work i'm like it's crazy but it's good to be busy like it's good to have stuff coming in and they really packed it in this week we were laughing you know again like you said the shrine game nhl all-star you got the raiders and all the news are surrounding them and then you go ahead and throw the pro bowl into the mix too and all the events leading up to it like Again, it ends up being crazy busy, but I know you you like to be busy and working, and that's the same way I mean Brian both are and we we love it, man. It's cool to see this city, you know, really truly turn into the sports and entertainment capital of the world. And that sports part is really starting to take hold. And I think the rest of the league and, and rest of just the sports world is is realizing that just with how much comes here. And it's just so much fun to work in a city like this that you can throw a great party but can also hold a great spot for games to come and everything like that as well. So you know, it's just one of those cities that's so unique. Uh, you know, it, it, it has a little bit of everything, but seeing it really flourish and turn into one of the greatest sports cities in the world, 
has been fun to watch. Yeah, no, it really has. Again, we're talking with Jesse Merritt from News 3 Las Vegas here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, you mentioned the Raiders, and they got a lot going on as well. The new regime was uh, introduced on Monday. Dave Ziegler, the new GM. Josh McDaniels, the new head coach. Off top, Jesse, what do you think about the hires, and uh, what do, you, do you think that's a good one for the Raiders? I think overall, yeah, I think it's a good one. You know, I mean, the biggest thing to me that sticks out is just continuity, man. You got two guys that played college ball together. You know, that that bond is tough to break. So, like, clearly they're already friends. You know, they've got that deep friendship coming into it. But also they have the working relationship with the Patriots and everything like that. And we all know how Raider Nation feels about the Pats. But at the end of the day, these guys are coming in here to try and make the Raiders a Super Bowl contender, and they're going to bring a lot of the lessons that they learned from that to the table. And that, to me, is like, look, if you're going to pick any organization to say, hey, I want to mold themselves after that, it's kind of tough to beat a team like the Patriots that have had that much success for so long. And obviously Bill Belichick is one of the best to ever do it, not to say that you know McDaniels is or isn't going to be him. I think that would be kind of unfair expectations, but at the same time, he's learned from him. And if I can get somebody that's learned from one of the best to ever do it, I'm going to do it every day. And then you pair him with a guy that's one of his best friends, that's a tough combo to beat. What did you think of Josh McDaniels when he came out on Monday and said exactly what he learned and what he felt about his time in Denver and how he's grown as a man and as a coach since he was in Denver and obviously failed while he was with the Broncos? That, to me, was one of the most important things that needed to be addressed, you know, and I think the fact that he brought it up before anybody could ask him about it was huge, you know, because that shows that the guy isn't hard-headed, doesn't come into it saying, I know all the rules, you know, oh, things didn't work out in Denver because of all the situations around me or the ownership or whatever, blah, blah, blah. He could have made all kinds of excuses, but, like, clearly he's looked at himself in the mirror and been like, hey, I have to change in order for this to work, and that should be exciting for Raider Nation because, look, we've seen guys fail in previous stops. And not, to, again, to keep using the Belichick comparison there, but he failed his first in as a coach. You know, right. He wasn't a great coach. So it takes time to get this stuff to work. So go ahead and let the guy fail with the Broncos. Who cares? Raider Nation can love that. <laughs> go ahead and bring it, and, you know, bring your successes to, uh, to Las Vegas and you know, learn from your best things. And I think, again, that introspection, being able to be like, hey, look, I've learned the things I've got to work on and what I've got to do in order to you know, win – then boom, that's massive. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I've learned from my biggest failures in life. That's what's helped me the most moving forward, and I think that's going to be the case for Josh as well. Yeah, man, you learn the most about someone uh, by the way that they react to when they fail. Not when they succeed. It's easy to be, you know, react in a positive yeah. way when you succeed. It's how you fail and how you rebound from that. That's how you learn about someone. Again, we're talking right now with Jesse Merrick right here on Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Demond's got a question for you. Yeah, Jesse, during that introductory press conference, People, for a couple of fans, they were a little upset because Ziegler and McDaniels, they didn't give a definitive answer. They're like, hey, once we talk to Carr, we're going to like work things out. we got to get to know each other first. And some people are taking that as, hey, they're, maybe they're not committed to him. Carr may not be next, back next season. Do you think Derek Carr is going to be back next season? Yeah, that's the hot, the hot button question, right? And I don't blame them for not necessarily saying he is our guy or he isn't our guy. I mean, they haven't even really had a chance to like sit down and talk with the guy and actually see him face-to-face on the field doing his thing and this offense, all that stuff. But but, yeah, you know what, I do think that he is going to be the guy for them, you know, moving forward for, uh, you know, at least the foreseeable future. You know, I don't know how long if they renegotiate a deal with him, how long that deal will be and, you know, what type of money it will be. But Derek Carr doesn't seem like the type of guy that's going to want the massive money that's going to restrict you cap-wise and everything like that. He said it before, he just wants to win. And so I, I think they're going to move with him. I've even heard some rumblings saying that the Patriots actually tried to trade for Derek Carr because mm-hmm. they were so interested in him, and Josh McDaniels is a big part of that. So, to me, that says that, you know, there's an interest there. 
And, uh, again, you know, the, the biggest thing is you just got to fix, you know, the red zone issues and third down on offense, obviously cut down on the penalties. But, like, you fix those three things, and those are three things that you can fix, especially with a mind like Josh McDaniels. And Carr is a good quarterback that can do that. I mean, he showed he was able to do with all the craziness around him this year and, you know, losing his top, uh, you know, receiver uh, and then also being without Waller for so long. So, I mean, you give that guy some continuity with a good coach that knows what he's doing in the new era of football. I mean, I, I'm excited to see kind of what happens with that. And that's, again, where I think Derek Carr, I think, will be the guy moving forward and, you know, maybe take that next step after we saw him already take a big leap this year. You know, Jesse, you mentioned continuity. How big was it that uh, Edgar Bennett, the wide receiver coach, he's coming back. He actually interviewed with the Bills for their offensive coordinator position. But uh, all in all, he's staying in Vegas. He's the, he's the wide receiver coach, and he's getting a nice little contract extension. How big is that for continuity? That's huge. I mean, especially when you got a young receiving core. You know, again, you, you know guys like Hunter Renfro and who's coming to his own. And you know, Josh McDaniels. We obviously know what the Patriots have done with slot type of guys similar to him. You know, so bringing in a guy that knows Hunter Renfro better than any other coach out there, that's huge. Also, well, helping with the development of Brian Edwards. You know, if they're able to bring Zay Jones back and. You know, the other guys in that receiving room, that's where it just gets interesting having that continuity because, again, you're speaking the same language. You know, anytime a new coach comes in, even though you're teaching the position, like you have your own way of doing it. And, like, clearly what this guy has done has worked with this group. So I think it's massive to bring him back. I'm curious to see what other assistants, if any, are, you know, coming back because I, I do believe that continuity is huge, not only within your coach and general manager, but within the staff and the relationships that these players have, you know, and it, it's very clear what these groups, you know, can do when they've got that kind of relationship with those coaches. And that's where you really start to make strides. So I'd love to see some more of the guys come back from last year as well. All right. Uh, that's exactly where I was going to go into, talking about continuity and bringing back players from last season. Who do you think, like, if they ask for your two cents, who's the biggest prior priority to make sure that they have them locked up and bring back this season? Man, yeah, that's a tough one. Me and my buddy Eddie Pascal, we were talking about that, you know, recently. And I, I think – if you look on the defensive side of the ball, I believe, um, what is it, uh, Quentin Jefferson is a free agent. I really like what he did this year. I think he's a guy that you've got to bring back into the fold, you know, when he was helping, when he was out there playing. I mean, I loved what he did on the uh, defensive line. It didn't necessarily pop stats-wise, but, you know, he was a solid player, had a, had a really good year. Um, you know, you also look at Casey Hayward. He's the easy one that jumps out to you. They're like, man, as solid as that guy was, you want to bring him back. I'm curious, scheme fit. You know, depending on who the defensive coordinator is, it, it, how that'll work. Offensively, you know, you, you got to bring Zay back. I think, you know, just with what he was able to do late in the season, coming away with some clutch catches. And, again, you go back to continuity, he's got a great relationship with Derek Carr. You know, and that's one thing that Zay Jones hasn't had a ton of is that continuity in the same spot for a while. And he's finally got it here in Vegas. Obviously, it'll be a new offense and everything. But, you know, the work that that guy puts in with Derek Carr, I mean, that speaks volumes for – what Carr does, you know, in terms of believing in him and that relationship. And that's what you need out of a quarterback and his receivers. You've got to have that so that even when they are learning a new system, they know exactly how the guy is going to run this route or that route, whatever it is. So that continuity, I think, is big. So I, those would be two guys I'd say that you kind of want to hone in on that you make sure you bring back. You know, Jesse, one of the things that uh, I was reading that people were saying that uh, Josh McDaniels wants to do with the offense is put the two tight end set out there. So, you know, Foster Moreau and Darren Waller, obviously. And I've been saying that for a while. I know Foster Moreau might not have had the best season last year. A lot of people think that uh, now it's a, he's, he's not really the player that, that they thought he was. Uh, I think he could still be a really good player. It's still a really good number two tight end to, to Darren Waller, obviously, number one. Uh, if they're able to use that two tight end set, how, how, how effective do you think it could potentially be? 
Man, I think it could be very effective. I mean, forget about the fact of the history with the Patriots offense and double tight end sets. Like, that's great and all. But I think what Foster brings to the table paired with Darren Waller is really interesting. And I even go back to Foster's first season before he got hurt. It seemed like the guy was a touchdown machine. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember what the numbers were, but it seemed like every other catch was a touchdown or yep. something, you know, before yep. he got hurt. And so this year, obviously, you know, he, he had spurts where he looked really good and other spurts where, you know, he's dropped the ball and just things didn't look great. But, you know, he's that guy, I believe Rich called him, you know, their green beret that kind of just does a bit of everything. You know, so having a guy like that to pair with Waller, who is still working on his blocking, he's, he's really putting in the work to do it. You mm-hmm. see him at practice every time, yep. really working on the footwork for that. But the receiving ability that he has, that he brings to the table, you pair that with more of a, your kind of prototypical type of tight end that, you know, is more of a blocker but also has some good receiving chops. It's an interesting combo and again, Foster can really threaten that team. I mean, that's where I'd personally seen him be the most effective. And so I would love to see the combo of both of them used a lot more because it puts defenses in binds, gives you more weapons to, you know, have to think about. And if it can pull some tension away from some of the receivers, it's only going to open things up for the rest of the offense or the run game. I mean, you name it. I, so I would love to see more of that. Yeah, I do too. I think that it would be important if they're able to do that and execute it because uh, I think that would be big for the red zone, for the Raiders' struggles in the red zone. I think it would be great for Derek Carr yeah. and just see that offense really take to the next level. So we'll see exactly what they do. Obviously, it's a long time between now and then, but it's something to get excited about uh, just thinking of the possibilities. Again, that's Jesse Merrick from News3LV on Twitter at JesseNews3LV. Uh, what you and Brian, what do you guys have coming out that uh, we should all be on the lookout for? Whew, man, our coverage the entire week because <laughs> we've got so much going <laughs> right. on, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, our, our schedule in terms of shows is going to change a bit with the Olympics starting and us being the NBC affiliate. But, uh, you know, every night you can catch us our late shows at 11 o'clock, um, you know, and also at 1030, I believe we've got a couple that are switching times a bit. But we'll be giving you guys anything and everything we can. There's only two of us, but we're going to be at every single event that we possibly can this week, whether it is the Shrine Game whether it is the NHL All-Star festivities, the game itself, and the Pro Bowl stuff as well. We're going to be doing all of that. So keep an eye out for, honestly, anything and everything. I know that's vague, but anything and everything from this week because we're going to be at it all. Well, that's all you can do, man. That's all you can do. I've been trying to do it the, myself, and, and it's, it's, it's difficult, but it's a, fun, <laughs> it's a fun grind, man. So you guys enjoy. Keep up the great yeah. work. You guys are doing a hell of a job, and uh, it's always great catching up with you. For sure. Appreciate you guys, as always. No doubt, no doubt. There he goes, Jesse Merrick from News 3LV. You can find him on Twitter again, at Jesse News 3LV. Does a fantastic job, him and Brian Salmon, uh, both covering everything that they can here in the market. And I'll tell you, there's so much to try to cover. We try to do the best we can here, uh, not only at Raider Nation Radio, but also our sister stations, ESPN Las Vegas, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 1230 of the game. I mean, we've got all these stations, and we're trying to keep everything covered, and we're bringing you everything that we have. 2.45 is the time. We'll come back, get your calls and texts. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.50 is the time here on Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll kick off hour number two. Alex C. and my man Mark May. Going to talk about that conversation I had earlier today at Allegiant Stadium. Just talk about what the Shrine Bowl means. The opportunity for the players. Mark May had a very long career in the NFL. Big-time offensive lineman. He used to do uh, was a, a broadcaster on ESPN as well for a while. He also, here's a little nugget for you. Do you already know the nugget that I'm going to tell you? I think I know where you're going. He also is a partner with Lincoln Kennedy at the Angry Crab Shack. Yep. I didn't know that till today. I learned this today. Did he drop it or did was that? No, I knew, it, I knew it before I started talking to him. Okay. I actually dropped it on him and he said, oh, yeah, that's my guy. I go, yeah, I know. 
But I learned that today. So that was kind of cool. But Mark Bay. His, you did a couple shows with him? No, no, I'm talking about Lincoln. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, cool, man. You you and Mark May go back like that. I didn't <laughs> no, know. I wish. <laughs> That's what's up. Maybe he'd give you the discount that Lincoln didn't give me when right? I went to the restaurant. Hey, man, look, I went there and sat next to Lincoln, and he didn't give me a discount. <laughs> Lincoln said, hey, man, y'all go order anything you want on the menu. We're like, all right, cool. And we did. <laughs> we also got the check that said we ate anything we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> good. That'll be $79.99. No, I was fine. We didn't get no discount. <laughs> it's not even, it's, it's, it's like, I don't even go, there's certain places I go to and I know that I got a hook up there. If I mention somebody or I mention who I am, not that I'm anybody, sometimes people will recognize me like, oh yeah, yeah, you're cool. You get, you know, whatever. That's not even a place that I'd go and be like, oh yeah, I work with Lincoln. Lincoln's my guy. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and he's still going to pay full price, but I'll tell you what, and this is a unsolicited advertisement. That food there at the Angry Crab Shack is amazing. It is A1. I, I'm not every Friday because I'm not – I like to switch it up on Friday. Fridays are usually my day out. I'll take the wife wife out to uh, eat on Friday nights. That's usually – that's one of the spots. We go we, – we like to go to spots in Henderson near the house just so we don't have to go very far. But she likes to cook Monday through Thursday. But Friday, it's like kitchen is closed. <laughs> kitchen is El Clozo. We ain't going to be here. That's my Espanol right there, El Clozo. You oh, like yeah. That? Oh, yeah. That's spot on. Yeah, I know. Bilingual master over here. Hey, man, that's me. I said something the other day to Sylvia in the hallway. And she goes, what the hell did you even just say? I was like, oh, I, I just said, um, like, I said something like, come here or something like that. She's like, that's definitely not what you just said. So that word that you just said don't even exist. Well, all right, well. And you making it all up, huh? Yeah, apparently. It's cool, though. I'm not mad at that. Throughout the question on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Just like that's the fun around here. When you think about the new regime, what are you most excited about? What are you most concerned about? And all in all, what do you just want to see from them? What do you want to see from Dave Ziegler as the GM and Josh McDaniels as the head coach? That's the question I have for you. Again, the Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R, and the Raider Nation listener line 702-365-9200. How about Big Dub Raider? He said... I'm most excited about what Josh can do with our offense. I think he'll get our run game back and scheme guys open in the pass game. I'm most worried about the defense. This is the third straight year of a different defensive coordinator and might need different personnel for whoever the D.C. will be. Go Raiders. That's a good point, and that's one of the big things I've been talking about the whole time is you know who your core guys are on defense. How do you build around that? Regardless who the defensive coordinator, if it's Gus Bradley, if he comes back, great. If it's someone else, fine. How do you build around the key guys? You know who your main guys are. You know who your home run hitters is like, is what I like to call them. You know who those guys are. How do you build on that? You have to do that because the defense, and I, and I stress this, cannot take a step back to where it was before Gus Bradley came in. How about Glenn in San Jose? Say, what up, Q? What up, Damon? Outside of the obvious, the offense needs to play more of a fast-paced style. Too much time was lost between plays, and it drove me nuts. Glenn, you hit it on the head. You hit a home run. That was a home run. I agree 100%. I know JT was pounding the table all year long. Anytime the Raiders would get on a little bit of a roll, he would say, tempo, 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 go. Show a little tempo. You got the defense on their heels. You've got the momentum. Go. And they wouldn't. And I don't know if it was because they were concerned that the the offensive line wouldn't hold up in tempo. I don't know what it was. But someone's got to figure that out. Because there's too many opportunities that they have to go a little up-tempo and make things happen that they chose not to. Glenn, that was a great point. Thank you so much. I do appreciate you. Uh, 702-365-9200. Let's go out to Raider Ness. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, Q? Uh, thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Uh, yes, sir. I'm really just most excited for 
you know, the change. I love Rich Basaccia. I loved him to death. I loved what he did for our players. It's a little bit saddening to see our players so sad and hurt. Um, but we got Josh McDaniels, man. That, that guy's a winner. I know his first his first um, since as a head coach in, with the Broncos did not go as well. Oh, well, with the Broncos, he lost. No one over here is crying about it. Just as long as you win over here with us. Um, right. The Ziggler, man, I think, I think he's ready. I think he's ready to put some good personnel out there. And I do agree with JT, man. I would like to see a little bit more tempo, tempo, tempo. We need to push that ball when we got the defense mm-hmm. on their heels. And just a little side note, uh, I did want to call in yesterday about the whole Brian Flores thing. You know, everyone's been hit the nail on the head, but this is one thing I, I really need to say. Uh, I'm a person of color. Uh, and when I say this, I mean this with no ill will in my body. When you force any group of people, any person, any anybody, if you force them to do something, that's not already on their mind or not their idea, they're going to push it away. That's just like making it, making your little two-year-old trying to eat peas at the dinner table. They're going to push that away from their chest. But um, uh, there shouldn't be a Rooney Rule uh, period. And uh love you guys' show. I'll take your comments when I hang up. Thank you so much. Great stuff, uh, Raider Nesson. I-, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> As a person of color myself, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, we had a hell of a conversation about that yesterday. We've had that conversation a couple times, and I do appreciate everyone chiming in because I know a lot of people have different sides of the uh, you know, uh, of the conversation, and all sides of the conversation are always welcome. Uh, but I do have my feelings about it. I've been very strong about my feelings about it. DeMond's been very strong about his opinion on it. And Raider Ness, I definitely appreciate yours as well and anyone else who chimes in on the subject. And, uh, again, kind of going back to the keys that you mentioned, I think that uh, you hit it on the head as well. A lot of good stuff right there. Now, I know we got James and Henderson and Tim in Texas. Uh, We're going to get you guys coming up next. That's what we're going to do. Just hold on tight. James and Henderson and Tim in Texas will get you next. And then we'll also talk to Alex C. and Mark May. Well, I talked to them earlier. You'll hear that conversation. That's all coming up next as we kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.